Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Elect 8025. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. What's going on, Jeff? Nothing much. Football's over, officially. It and is. now it's baseball time. And we will have some baseball talk shortly as Greg Dobbs joins us to talk spring training and everything else around baseball. This is the first weekend without football since the third week of August. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. And when does this new league start? Probably in like a week or two. No, oh, probably, okay. probably in like March. Yeah. Wow. Gonna, you don't even know. No, I don't. I haven't got. That's me. how you know how unimportant it is. If Jason doesn't know when he can watch a sport, no matter how unique that sport is. And see, I use the word unique instead of useless. <laughs> well, you know, I'll still probably watch it. If you can find it. Yeah, I'll find it. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll play games. They actually start in April, April 15th oh, to the 16th. So, so you have you have two months of no football. That's what it looks like. I don't know. I have to Just to talk about mock drafts and, and all that nonsense. Uh, UFL, let's see their dates. Do you even care that I find this out for you? No, I don't. No, Nobody cares. Saturday, March 30th, Jeff, is when yeah. it all begins. Did you oh, enjoy so the- You were wrong again. You and your dates. No good. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to stop asking Remind me, me never to, to have you set our our calendar. How's that? That's why you do a lot of the booking. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just be real about this all. <laughs> it's not because of who I know. No. It's, it's just because I want to make sure we show up. Okay. It's the same thing at home. My wife handles a lot of the calendar just to make sure that things aren't screwed up on it. So it is what it is. Uh, did you enjoy the game? The big game? I did. What did I tell you? I wanted a close game. I got a close game. In the first we half, it didn't seem like anybody really... was going to score. Yeah, that that first half was brutal. For those that appreciate good defense, still brutal. Okay. Like, it, it, there had to be some offense, and there wasn't. And it just seemed like both teams were playing really tight. Uh, yes. In the second half, it was it was entertaining. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw in that game? 49ers should have won. Yeah? That's what I saw. That's your what I saw. What, what I saw is between McCaffrey's early fumble um, and bad coaching on the 49ers behalf. That's what I saw. And, and I know that people have had a whole week to kind of dissect it. So we don't want to go into it too much, but well, not running the ball in the second half when you, I mean, look as a Michigan guy, I've, I've now watched what you can do when you learn that you can run the football. And I don't understand why you get away from it. You had Christian McCaffrey, you had Debo Samuel, but he was banged up, but McCaffrey was running well. The offensive line was playing well. And for some reason, Kyle Shanahan decided not to run the ball in the second half. They went away from it. He's done it before. And I mean, it's hard when you've now got what will be considered a pattern with him of blowing three double digit leads in the second half of the Super Bowl. And that was one of the things we talked about, the coaching matchup with Andy Reid and and Shanahan and Andy Reid helped cement his legacy for the Hall of Fame and Shanahan helped contribute to his legacy of blowing the games. Did Shanahan go to the Doc Rivers School of Coaching? <laughs> they lost again the other <laughs> night. <laughs> yes, I'm watching and following. I, I beat you to the jump on that one, didn't I? You did. Uh, your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and the building of his legacy and how he played in that game. I mean, he took over. He has been in the NFL for, I think, seven years. He doesn't have to do another thing. He literally, if he, if he doesn't play another down, He's in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Is he better than Tom Brady? Not yet. 
And I, I don't know why everybody feels the need to compare everyone. Oh, we have what? to. Nobody why? can just be good on their own. They have to be compared to somebody else. Why can't you just be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Because that's what he is. Who cares? Who cares who's one and who's two? People like those debates. The Jordan, LeBron. That's because uh, there's too many of us on the radio. Well, yeah, it's uh, it, people long. generally don't care. That's it's, why. it's schmucks like us who are talking on the radio who will do that right. stuff. Right, but we don't need to. All we need to know is Pat Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in NFL history. Spagnola, one of the greatest defensive coordinators in NFL history, and. The Chiefs are a dynasty. Spagnuolo so with four. What more do you need to know? Spagnuolo with four championships now. As a defensive coordinator. As a defensive coordinator. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's impressive. Uh, your thoughts? I was happy that uh, Jason Kelsey, who has entertained me throughout this whole thing, I liked his outfit. Um, apparently, apparently his wife was not as entertained as you are. No, I understand that, <laughs> which I find entertaining her way of handling what she knows she married. As he put it, when they, on their first date, he passed out blackout drunk on top of the bar. Okay, so that doesn't mean that, 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 that that's the bar that you have to set for the rest of your life. Apparently that is for him. Okay, not okay. N- not for me. Just saying what he said. But I was like glad. the lovable teddy bear is one thing. I, I was glad embarrassing yourself. Not so much. I was glad he kind of called out his brother on their new Heights show this week. Uh, did you surprise Travis bumping into Andy during that game, almost knocking him over? They don't. That, it's not okay. And, I know. You know, I, I, I know people keep saying it's it's the intensity of the game. No, the it's not. The moment. It's not. No. It, it is not right to touch your coach in any way, shape, or form, let alone to almost plow him over. And they, they both downplayed it afterwards, of course. And because they won, it's being glossed over. But I was surprised by that. And I did not think that that was cool. And I yeah, did but they not. Ha- but they handled it the right way. They did. In another example of why the Chiefs are the Chiefs and the organization is the organization, is it's the kind of stuff you handle in-house as opposed to the 49ers, whose players came out after the game and said, nobody told us what the overtime rules were. That surprised you? Like, the Chiefs have apparently been doing that since day one of training camp. Yeah. The, and, and what was the knock on Andy Reid when he was here? Couldn't. He wasn't prepared. Like he wasn't that. prepared. Time, time management. Outs. Yeah. It, it appears he's got it all under control now. He's yeah, he got, got a, three Super Bowls under that belt of his, and he's got it all under control. I just didn't think it was appropriate for the players on the 49ers to come out and say, we didn't know what it was. Were you surprised that they were so open about that? Like, doesn't that make like everybody look bad? Look, I don't, I don't ascribe a intent to it. I think they were asked questions after a game and answered honestly. Did you know? Like, did I you, know? No, I did not. So you're in watching fact, the clock. In fact, we're watching the game, and I'm going. I think the rule is still this, but I thought I heard it had changed. So. We had not experienced before, so it's understandable that the people watching don't know the rule. It's not understanding that the players and coaches don't know the rule because, as I understand it, the rule applied during regular season games, too. So if the rule already existed and it wasn't some special shiny rule that was just in the Super Bowl, shouldn't you all kind of know that rule? Well, Forget whether the coach taught you the rule. How... How, there is a whole staff 
Well, in, re- in regulation, the game, in regulation, the game ends in a tie in the regular season. In the playoffs, yes, that would have occurred. But why don't we leave Any it in there? the playoffs? Why don't we leave it there? We'll get back more to football talk in a little bit. But you ready to talk some baseball? I am. All right. Pitchers and catchers report to Clearwater this week. Uh, we've got our man Greg Dobbs talk some baseball talk. Do you do you still get excited when when pitchers and catchers report, Greg? Uh, yeah. Uh, how, how can you not? Um, it's, uh, you're just going through, like remembering the times that I was, when I was playing and we, I had to report and there was always that like great anticipation, right. And especially, well, I mean, not especially, but you know, after a season of ups and downs, whether the season ended on a really positive note or not. Right. Um, you, you were, you were always excited for what this next year might bring. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it excites me. I would always get excited. I mean, it's a, it's a new start. It's a fresh year, right? Everybody starts from zero, cancel everything out. Um, you, you ride the highs from, from the year prior and you hope that all your off season training and preparation has gone smoothly. Um, and that you're, you're coming in to spring training, just ready to ready to rumble and firing on all cylinders. So yeah, I, um, this is always a very, I look forward most to spring training now being a former player, uh, an old man spring training, uh, opening day. And then the all-star break. Cause that's like, okay, now we can see, we kind of level set a little bit more. Um, and then, and then, you know, September and October, like those are, those are like my main dates. And I, and I do my best to try to follow through the ebbs and flows of, of the season. Um, it could be challenging at times, but, um, yeah, this is, this is what it's all about, man. It's time to, it's time to rock and roll. What's the difference going to spring training be- between a rookie or younger player or a more veteran player? And do the veterans have fun with the rookies? That's a great question. Um, it's, it can be vastly different. Uh, having experienced all of it coming in as, as a rookie, you are nervous, you are wide eyed. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to like even look at somebody the wrong way. Um, whether it's a staff member or a team or, or a potential teammate, uh, you, you realize that you've been given a, a, a incredible opportunity, right. By either, you know, management front office GM to, to come in and, and improve yourself. Right. Um, and so for first timers who have never, uh, experienced a big league camp or they've you know, just been invited, um, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's, a, it's almost like your, your first day of playing professionally, right. Whether you signed out of high school or, or, or college, the, the excitement, um, is, is incredible. Uh, and then for veterans, you know, guys that have solidified themselves, it's, um, it's different. It is one, you understand you've got a spot, right? You're, you're going to be on the team. So there's, there's, there's not that added pressure as a, as a rookie or a younger guy trying to establish himself, uh, has. So it, it becomes more about, what do I need to do to continue to prepare so that I, I am peaking and trending right as spring training ends and the regular season begins. So, and it's almost you know, b- both spring training for both a 
a rookie trying to prove himself and, and win a spot on a squad and the veteran who knows he has a spot and, and is uh, solidified on the team. They, they're the same, but they're also different in respects that spring training is a continuation of the off season uh, and all the preparation you've done, but just in different ways. Like, so for me, for instance, when, uh, when I came over to the Phillies in 2007 from Seattle, I was still in unknown quantity and I was a rookie and uh, I worked my, you know, what off that winter after I got the call from Pat Gillick, Ruben Amaro and Charlie Manuel saying, Hey, you know, we've picked you up. We're going to want to give you a shot, come in ready to play. So uh, for me, that first year, I had to prove myself. And so I knew I had to come in guns hot. Right. Um, I didn't have the luxury of, of now I juxtapose that to when I was more of an established player going into my third and fourth year with the Phillies. Um, I knew I had a spot on the team. I had a, I had a contract, um, but it was more about, you know, okay. Now how do I prepare myself as an extension of the off season, what I've done to prepare the adjustments that I've made. Um, how, how, how do I, how do I ease myself, not ease myself, but how do I get back into the flow of baseball and, and live, um, and, and having to react in, and and trend and not peak too soon and trend into the beginning of the season where as a rookie, I coming over fresh, no one knew me in Philly. I had to peak from day one. Right. So it's, it's, it's very different. Um, and you can, you know, if you, you, if you sit back in the, in a clubhouse and you watch, you know, on the, on all the practice fields, you can tell, right. Not if you took just the names off of the backs of the jerseys, you would be able to legitimately tell. And if you didn't know them from Adam, right. Um, you would be able to tell someone who knows the game would be able to tell like, Oh, that guy, he probably a little more established. Like he's going about his, his business in a different way where, okay, this guy, he is just like balls to the wall. Like, it, it, like, it, like everything is so important to him. Every ground ball, every fly ball, you know, it's just, it's different. It's def- it's definitely different for both. Did you ever have any veterans just play with you during that rookie season? <sighs> um, because you had some professional hitters on that team. If, if I recall correctly, your rookie season, you had the likes of John Olerud, Ichiro, Edgar I, Martinez. I mean, some really good hitters on that team. I I, I did. Um, I'll tell you, well, it, it wasn't actually a, a, a hitter. Um, it was actually a pitcher who who messed with me. Um, Eddie Guardado, Everyday Eddie, who was our, our closer in Seattle. Um, he played probably the biggest prank I mean, of all time, I mean, there's been some great pranks, don't get me wrong, but at least in my mind, uh, because I took the brunt of it. Uh, so <laughs> we are, um, I, I may, I make the team and, um, Eddie is a big prankster as everyone knows. And, uh, I, I decided, uh, that, you know, I'm feeling good about myself and maybe, maybe a little too big for my britches, but, um, I'm, I'm getting comfy and, uh, I decide to sneak up behind him in the training room in Baltimore. Uh, and as he's in the little hot tub, I army crawl 
on the floor and I've got Flexol 454 in my hand, a bottle, and I and I just kind of reach up and I start squeezing it in very slowly. And I training staff is in there. I think like Randy Wynn, Raul Banez, a few others, and and Eddie is just like holding court, right? He's telling jokes, he's laughing, you know, everybody's just chopping it up. And I'm sitting there squeezing this Flexol 454 and and before you know it, he jumps out in a heartbeat like he's been lit on fire. And everybody's erupting. I'm laughing. I've got water that's now spilling. I'm trying to get away, but he catches me as I'm trying to get away. And so he's like, Oh really? Dauber. Okay. Now it's on. So Dave Hansen, who uh, you talk about hitters, right? Dave Hansen, great left-handed hitter, um, a utility guy. I, that's who he truly took me under his wing in those first years in Seattle and taught me what it meant to be a bench player, right. And how to, how to embrace the role, accept the role and go about that role. Uh, Dave introduced me to playing the guitar. Well, uh, I order my first guitar with Dave before we went on this road trip and, uh, it hasn't arrived yet. Well, we leave Baltimore, we go to Tampa and we're there for three days. Uh, and I'm told that my guitar would come. I walk in to the clubhouse and there's a big, brown box in front of my guitar and I'm like, Oh my gosh, my guitar's arrived. And so I walk up and I look in and it's empty. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what, what happened to my, where's my, where's my guitar? Like where, where'd it go? And, and there's like hardly anybody in the clubhouse. I got there early. And so I, so I start to get dressed and I'm like, ah, oh, something's up. Okay, whatever. So I, I then I, I walk into or past the training room and I see Randy Wynn and Randy Wynn goes like, Hey, Dobber, come here. And so I walk in, he's like, Hey, uh, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you might want to go out on the field. Eddie has like a guitar or something. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I walk out to the, now Tampa is taking early BP. Okay. I walk out into the dugout and there in front of our dugout on the field at the trop is Eddie and Jeff Nelson, who was closer from the Yankees, right? Nelly. Um, and I come out and now there's all these other guys in the dugout and he's holding my guitar, like a baseball bat from the neck. And he looks at me and he's like, you going to mess with Eddie G? And I'm like, Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> stop, stop. Wait, well, let's talk this through. And he's like, you going to mess with Eddie G? Watch what happens when you mess with Eddie G. Oh, and he no. looks at Nelly and goes, Hey, Nelly, throw me a baseball. Now, Tampa, who's taking early batting practice, they've stopped. They are now looking over at, like, what is going on? Joe Madden, like, everybody's looking over. Like, and Nelly looks at me and he just goes, I'm sorry. And he throws a baseball and Eddie takes a swing, smashes the guitar into pieces. Nelly throws him another ball, smashes it into pieces. I am now furious. I don't know whether to walk out there and fight him or just about face and just, you know, eat crow, right? And take my medicine. Eddie smashes it, throws it down, walks off the field. And then Randy and Raul and, and all of another's come up and they're like patting me on the back and they're like, damn, Dauber, that, that sucks. What'd you do to Eddie? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it, guys. I really don't want to talk about it. Fast forward to the end of the game. Game's over. We win. I'm back at my locker. The box now is back at my locker. And so I'm like, okay, 
I don't know what's going on. This is this. I, I don't get it. I look in, there's still no, there's still no guitar. So I just kind of tossed the box to the side. And now I'm reminded of what Eddie did. And all of a sudden I hear this guitar being played, but not, there's no notes. It's just being strummed. And I look back and Eddie is walking in playing this guitar and laughing, you know, saying one Tanamera, Anita, one Tanamera. And he's like, um, is that my, and he's like, here's your guitar. And so, and then everybody loses it. Right. What happened was Eddie got there early to the park, knew that my guitar was coming. He paid one of the clubhouse kids a hundred bucks to go to a pawn shop and just buy some raggedy, um, acoustic guitar and that's the guitar he used to prank me with on the field and i thought the whole time the whole game i thought my guitar my first guitar that i ever purchased it was ruined and, bro- and i had to go and order another one like i so it was that was an amazing prank uh, best of all time how'd you play that day <laughs> luckily i didn't because, <laughs> luckily played, I, didn't. Well. I was on the bench next to next to willie bloomquist and dave hansen and the entire time they would just like every like time i'd look at them they'd be looking at me going like dude, that was messed up. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Thanks. Like we got a game to play here. Like stop reminding me like, yeah, I was there. I get it. And they knew the whole time. Everybody knew except me. It kind of leads into, I mean, it's, that's all an awesome story. It kind of leads into though. I mean, you've been on teams where you went to different teams, had to meet everybody again, teams with a lot of turnover. This Phillies team this year is bringing back a lot of the same faces. How important is it that continuity where you have those relationships like you had with that Mariners team and you don't have to establish that again when you start the season each year? Uh, it's, it's huge. And I, you know, big, uh, tip of the hat to, you know, Dombrowski company and bold and, and Middleton, um, you know, for, for keeping the band together. Right. It's when you've got a, a special group like that, um, it, obviously the success speaks for itself, but, um, that success is a byproduct of, of the, the group, the band of brothers, right. The 25 or 30 that you have in that clubhouse. And so coming into an environment and I'll liken it to those years that, you know, I was there seven, eight, nine, and 10. Right. I mean, we pretty much had the same cast. Um, you know, we had to go out and get some guys. Like I remember, you know, in 07, when Chase got hit and broke his hand, John Lannon hit him. Um, we had to go out and get Tadahito Iguchi, right? We brought in guys like Jeff Jenkins in, in 2008. Um, it, it, those little pieces, regardless, it was when you've got a special group, that is, that's really fun. And when you know you're going like, we all get it. Like there's always going to be turnover, right? There, there just is, it's the nature of this game with, with the trade market, with free agency, um, you know, nothing like the NCAA with a portal. No, but, um, you know, you you understand that there are going to be pieces that, that are, that come in and out. But when you've got, you know, you look at this roster, right. Where you've got like pitching alone, right. You've got Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, um, you know, let's see what happens with Taiwan, uh, Walker. Um, you look at the, the bullpen, you look at the, you know, the starting lineup. I mean, you know, everything is basically accounted for. And there, and, and so knowing that and going in, like, and having that same, you know, your same cohort together, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a great feeling. It really is. And it, it for us too, and I, so there's so many similarities between, you know, this current team and, and, and our teams of, of, you know, seven through 11, that era, right. Where you come in and, and it, everything is understood. 
Like we all get it, right? Um, that no one's, we're not having to start from scratch. We're not having to reinvent ourselves either individually or as a team. Like we know we've got what works. We know we have the recipe, right? We just got to find a way to cook it up in the kitchen just a little bit more to get us, you know, to that ultimate goal, which is winning a championship. And that being a, like, I'm literally getting goosebumps as I tell you guys this, because that is the most special group of guys in a clubhouse that you could ever imagine or be honored to be a part of is, is a group like that, where it's just a lot of the same guys are coming back off of solid years and both individually and as a team. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the main reasons you play the game. You know, to me, the one concern about them coming back is they're losing the glue of the team. In my opinion, even though he didn't play last year because of his injury, he was still in the dugout. And I'm talking about Reese Hoskins. How hard is it for a team that is that close? Or does it not matter if, if, if you lose that glue, even though you have a bunch of other guys that can, can, keep, can keep it together? That's a great question. It, it matters. It matters. You know, character matters. Um, clubhouse guys matter. And Reese was, you know, he could also do it on the field. Um, so he wasn't just a, a character clubhouse guy. Um, it, listen, it, it, it hurts. You know, you, you go through so many battles and so many seasons together and your families get to know each other, your wives, your kids. Like it's, it's, it's more than just on the field, right. And in the clubhouse, um, it's an extension of, of, of your family, your personal family is, you know, the, the teammates that you get to play with, especially over countless years where you've had great success together. Uh, it, it hurts. And, you know, Reese's one, he's handled everything with, um, such dignity and, um, and, and respect. He gets it. He's a pro. And, also everybody else is a pro too, you know, guys like Schwab and, and harp and Trey, um, JT, like they get it. It's, it's, it's part of the game. And, but what I sense, uh, and I think what everybody else senses is that even though a piece of that glue and a piece of that puzzle is now gone, other guys will, will step up. Right. They, 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 they have a, they have a, they have enough puzzle pieces. They have enough glue. Right. Um, that, that I, even though Reese not being there, they'll, they'll fill that gap because they have to, right. They've, they've got to do it if they want to be successful and they will. Um, but no, no, make no question. Yeah. Losing a guy like Reese and, um, not having a, a key component of what made that team so special. Yeah. It'll, it'll hurt a little bit. Spring training is also the time when uh, Jeff gets warmed up for being frustrated about lineup construction. Uh, so obviously, Schwerber will likely be the leadoff hitter again, and Jeff. Will... You're really starting with that this early, Jeff? Oh, it's, it's, I don't wow. even need it's to. February. You you will get there, though. But I am curious uh, with Hoskins. Out that was of, aggressive. Out of the, that was, that was aggressive. We've been doing the show long enough. I know. I know where it's coming from this year, Greg. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts on how he, he's going to hit me with the shift next? How, I'm sure. how Topper uh, will put together the lineup in terms of it'll be likely be. Schwerber Schwarber at the leadoff, Tur Turner at the two. It's a question of those three, four, five spots. Does Real Muta go down with Stott or Bohm higher up? What are your thoughts on how he puts that together? Uh, Hopper's got his work cut out for him, but he's got incredible options if you think about it. Like, and all you can ask as a manager 
is to have options and he's got, he has optionality, right? So whether or not it's, it's Schwab, uh, or Trey, um, you know, m- maybe you give a guy, um, JT, right. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just like, we had that flexibility on our teams, right. Uh, seven, eight, nine and 10, 11. Um, you know, I look at a guy like maybe, maybe Marsh. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see it's, it's he, so Topper definitely has options at his disposal. Um, what I look, what I have focused on, what I have thought about is the heart of the order, right? Is who hits three, who hits four. Um, and then even who hits five, um, that, that, that bulk and, and, you know, bomb did an admirable job right in, in the four hole. Um, I think I think we'll see Topper and the staff maybe maybe toy around with it a little bit, right? To find that to find that that perfect that perfect you know congruency of the, of the pieces together and who complements each other the most. Um, it, listen, knowing that with the lineup last year, it, it it did very well and it got us very very far into the postseason, right? Um, so there's always that, but. Um, I, I like the optionality he has. Um, and I like the fact that multiple guys in the lineup have hit multiple spots. And more importantly, I think their openness and willingness to hit in multiple spots in other spots says a lot about this team and a lot about the makeup of this team, you know, that they will accept and they have no problem hitting in a different spot in the order from one day to the next. So listen, you know, Ro- Rojas, I, he's kind of my wild card. Like, uh, I, I, you know, with his speed, um, would, would all of us love to see maybe a, a little bit more out of the bat, right. And from an offensive standpoint, um, listen, he could be dangerous. I mean, if he comes into spring training, like think about this, right? Like if he comes into spring training and he shows that he has improved at the plate and his ability to, lay down bunts, put pressure on the defense, um, work walks. Like that's it. Like I, I think of, I think of, I think of Victorino, right. I think of the flying Hawaiian, right. Like, um, well, and the rest that, of the lineup should that, be able to pick him up given what he does defensively, how he changes the way they're able to play out there just with his speed and movement. Couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, Listen, I, he's, you know, Topper's got depth. He has options. Um, I think we'll probably see a, a, quite a few iterations of that in spring training. Right. Uh, Cause that's the time to do it is just, is the C let's just mess with it. Right. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but I, I love the fact that he has options. I really do. You are out as, as you, your, the view behind you before shows us out in California while we're recovering from a nor'easter. What is the vibe like out in Southern California for what the Dodgers have put together in the off season? I mean, can we, it's Yankees of the West. Uh, there is, uh, there is a palpable buzz. Not only, um, when you go to other venues like crypto.com arena, um, 
local sports stations, um, the writers, uh, there's a, there's a buzz. There's a definite palpable buzz. Um, does that mean they'll show up on time for the games? What's that? Does that mean they'll show up on time for the games? (laughs) No, they still won't do that. They still won't show up on time and they'll still leave early. Like let's, let's, let's be real here. Right. Right. LA going to be LA. Okay. And LA fans, they, they're, you know, they're going to do them. Um, that, that is a known commodity. That's not changing anytime soon. That said, um, yeah, Hey, listen, I, I was interesting. It was interesting to hear Dombrowski, um, a little while I've been kind of listening to the interviews that he's been giving, uh, over the, the off season, the winter, you know, like, he admitted like he and Mill, they, they took a run at Yamamoto, you know, they, and they, from what he said, um, it was a serious run. Um, it wasn't just, yeah, we're just going to kind of kick the tires and light the fires a little bit. Like, no, like they, um, you know, he wanted to play in LA. Um, and you know, after the Shohei signing, um, I, I get it. It's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, it, the, the cast of superstars, right? Like we've seen it year over year. They, they don't, they don't always win. Right. And just because you spend the most money doesn't guarantee that you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to either one win your division or get deep into the postseason and win a world series, um, and win a world championship. Nonetheless, they are game changing players and, uh, I, I get back to, you know, just health. If they can stay healthy, um, if that team can stay healthy, you know, there's a lot of excitement out here in La La Land about, about this team, but I, I'm not sold yet. I got to see it. Cause there's just, as we all know, we've discussed, right. There's just so many things that go into what makes a team great, you know, not just, not just the numbers on the back of the card or, you know, how thick their wallet is when they sit on it. Right. Like it's, it's, there's a lot more that goes into it. So let's see, let's see how this experiment plays out. Well, to be fair, Shohei's or Otani's wallet isn't that thick because he deferred all his money. Can you, can you imagine <laughs> what that, con- what does that conversation look like when, when, and when, you're a finance you go guy, home to, you go home to your spouse and you say, by the way, I'm about to sign this contract but we're not getting any of it for a while. And Greg, you're a finance guy, so you understand what these numbers all mean. Jeff and I are just looking at it going, uh, what? <laughs> There's so, so I, there is a well-known and, um, uh, well-respected theory in finance called the time value of money. And basically what it says is, um, money in your hands now will never be more valuable than it is in the future. Right. Um, for many reasons that we won't get into. When I heard the deal, I first thought, wow, how admirable, right? Like very admirable. <laughs> totally admirable. Uh, Shohei, yes, I, like doesn't surprise me, right? Given his culture, his background, what, wonderful. I mean, admirable. Um, his agent, uh, Nez Balelo at CAA, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. He's one of the best. Um you know, it, it affects him, right? Like there, there is a cascading effect there for sure. Um, which, but again, right. Like I think we're, sometimes you feel like, I feel like we're grasping at straws when we have that conversation, when we have that conversation and when I think about it, but, um, you're right, Jeff. Yeah. His, his, his wallet isn't going to be very thick this year or next, or maybe even the following. Right. Um, because of how much is inferred. I like, well, it's a lot thicker than my wallet. 
<laughs> yours and mine both like all of ours combined it is much thicker um and he sits much higher and taller when he's when he's on it but, but that said um you know listen admirable like he 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 worked with mark walter tucker kane stan Caston, everybody there um to to give them the freedom to to make other moves to, and, and to go out and get a guy like yamamoto right um and then um to get what's his name from uh from tampa uh the right-hander um who throws a million um Admirable, admirable. I gotta ask the the flip side, the excitement around the Dodgers. Uh, you're also out there on the West Coast. You ever play for a team that wasn't wanted? You got got the A's, who the mayor of of Vegas is saying maybe they should stay in Oakland. This week they're talking to elected officials in Oakland about staying on a temporary lease. The fans are boycotting the owners. You ever seen a situation like that before? And as a player, how would you suggest playing through that? Uh, I have, I've never seen a major league sports franchise, like become the redheaded stepchild and just be like disowned. Like I, I, I can't think, I mean, unless you go back to what happened, um, with, um, oh, uh, with Montreal, right. And Montreal and, and leaving, um, and becoming, uh, the nationals. Right. But, but, and I don't know the history there. I don't know if it was this kind of the same as that, that to me just seems like an absolute cluster. I, I like, like who wins. Right. Um, I, I get like, listen, I've, I've played in Oakland. I've played in that stadium. Um, it sucks. It's, it's God awful. Like it's, it's, it feels like you're playing, you know, triple a, and, but you're in the big leagues and you got to like, kind of convince yourself like, wait, no, you know, it was like when I went to go play for the Marlins um, and we were still in sunlight, like same thing. Like, it's just, you question whether or not you're still in the big leagues. You're like, Oh no, wait, I am wearing a big league uniform. Oh, and the, so there are two. Oh, okay, cool. We're still in the big leagues. Great. Wonderful. Let's, let's play a game. Um, I know they're professionals, uh, so, but does it affect the way they play? I mean, for, for the Oakland A's players, do they, it is to. it demoralizing it, at this point? It, 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 it has, it has to, it, it, you, you just like playing in the bank right? In front mm -hmm. of 47, 48,000 people has an effect, not only on the home team, but on the visiting team as well. No question. It has an effect on the players. No question. And that's what, like, you think about the run, the, the money ball era, right? The run that they went on. Um, you know, you have to have a really special group and older guys, veteran guys, right? Who are given maybe this, you know, this last chance to really prove themselves. They still have a good career ahead of them, but they're maybe just on the tail end. Um, it, it takes a special group to be able to like put that aside, right? The fact that you're playing in front of crickets um, and you could hear a mouse fart, like it, it takes special people, special athletes to be like, guys, we still got a job to do. Right. And so, and you look at their roster, they're young, you know? And so that's the other thing too. Like I feel bad for those guys somewhat. I mean, they're in the big league, so I don't feel that bad for them, but having played at Citizens Bank, like in that environment, I just like an experience in that. I, I want that for everybody. And so, but for what Oakland, like, and, and now they're like in between, I like, I don't know how that doesn't affect them. I don't know, but cause that is, they have to be thinking about it, talking about it. Where are we going to play this year, next year, the, you know, the coming years, do I even want to be here for that? The pitchers right? had Am to I on the phone with my agent going like, 
the pitchers had to turn down their pitch comm because the other team could hear it because there was no noise in the stadium. <laughs> like things that you like never a- even <laughs> think about that you have to consider when nobody actually cares. Like if a baseball game occurs and nobody goes to watch it, did it really happen other than it shows up in the standings? Well, the Astros can't use wow. the trash can technique there because everybody will hear it. <laughs> That's right. That would never That's work. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Interesting back to those, those years. Let's see what their record was in Oakland. Ooh, that, that's, ooh, we could delve into that. That would be very interesting ooh, to re- see. No trash project. cans because there's nobody in the stands. <laughs> no, it's, it's, you're right. It, 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 it changes the game. It definitely does. It changes the whole feel, the aesthetic. Um, I, I hope they can figure it out though. Cause it, that's gotta be just, that's gotta be just an absolute circus, you know, for not just for the players, but for management. Like that's, that's tough. Yeah. Well, look, we'll see if they work that out. We'll see whether the Dodgers are for real and we'll see whether keeping a lot of faces around lets the Phillies get off to a hot start. And as we do it, we hope to talk to you through the season. Thanks for always giving us some time, man. That's always great to see you guys. Stay warm, stay safe. Uh, Go Phils. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains and the engineers labor employer cooperative ELEC puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Welcome back from break. Always a blast to talk to Dobbs, right? Does that make you excited more for the Phillies, Jeff? It's still freezing here, but yes, it makes me excited. (laughs) What would make me more excited is, and I don't understand why they didn't do it. It's not like they have something else to show during the day. Just show spring training anything. We say this every year. Even if they're not going to broadcast it on like Comcast or anything, just have a stream on the Phillies website where people who need a fix can see like an overhead shot. When we went down there and did the broadcast from there, we were doing Mm -hmm. High Hopes. I had never been there before. So seeing all four of those fields like that and the way it's set up next to the stadium, I would think the average fan really never gets to see all the cool things that are going on from the, the batting practice to the, the catching to the pitchers. And the, that, that, I would watch that. Then again, I would watch anything. But I think even the scrim- but that. even the scrimmages, just just something. And by the way, is Comcast showing that much that's drawing ratings during the day? You gotta watch the like, chop like, like, what could they possibly be showing during the day <laughs> that would be better than just making people smile when it's freezing outside? To me, nothing. But I don't handle the programming at Comcast, so. What are they showing? Darts? I mean, uh, seriously. You didn't ask me for the TV listing. I've already gotten every other date wrong. You really want me to screw something <laughs> else up in this show? Keep a No, that's on. okay. But, but if you have not been to spring training, it, it can't not bring a smile to your face if you love baseball. That was one of the cooler experiences when we went there. You had been there a ton with Alex before. Uh, I had ne- I had gone like to a game when I was a little kid, but I had never gone down like that as an adult where I could really enjoy it. And obviously we had a little fun because we got the broadcast from down there. So I made it even better. We're like on the field, the practice field, doing a broadcast set up at a table with everything to have great guests. That was a blast. Yeah, it, it, it's a great, but it's a great experience for everyone. And Clearwater is just a great town to be in. It's got a beautiful beach. It's got restaurants. It's got everything in addition to going to see spring training. It's got traffic. The one thing too. you can see during spring training is the 
crappy uniforms, by the way. They're all complaining about it. Did you see like all the what's with what's with the little names? I don't know, man. It's a big deal for Nike. And by the it, way, did you yeah, see, it, did you the see how much thing they is, cost? What I didn't realize is Nike's not making them is what they said. Fanatics is making them, I think. Right. Yeah. I, I, did you see how much the, the New Jersey's cost? It's like forty dollars more no. for a a legit jersey like a real one. for for what for what several of the baseball players have said cheap looking yeah for what the and if you look at the pictures they look cheap looking and that's not that's before we even get to the city connect uniform that they're going to unveil here which they haven't yet that everybody don't, peek don't, up, even, don't even go there when they unveil it if if it's what it appears to be this is a this is a disaster i know that i'm not cool i know that i'm not young <laughs> I'm glad you acknowledge these young things. people who who consider themselves cool to say that I can't find anybody that likes them. Have you have you found a single person that if, if this is they're sitting there just going, why are they making a, like a union jersey? No. And the funny thing is, I thought they were like I thought somebody was like putting out a joke from like a fake account originally. So I wouldn't send it to you. I'm you still make, hoping. I'm you still hoping a, that this is a joke. You make a for our listeners. Jeff makes a big deal out of like me sending him clickbait. What things that he deems as clickbait. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want to send this potential leaked jersey because your reaction would be, oh, it's not real. Wait till they actually come out with it. But then you send it to me and you're like, is this the ugliest thing you've ever seen? It, 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 I'm really hoping it's not. I just I just am. And by the way, it, it, doing the colors of of the flag. Ugh really yeah it, it, it just there's so many cool things you can do with their jerseys with the liberty bell and stuff like that if this is their idea if it weren't called city connect it would just be ugly the fact that they think that <laughs> ugly connect. connects with the city beyond me yeah we'll wait till they announce it officially and then go off more uh we left the football conversation there were a few Fun things and then serious we didn't get to. Uh, first, uh, before the serious, the I, we always talk ratings. Uh, mm-hmm. We thought that this would be a big ratings game. The largest audience ever since like the walking on the moon to watch something. Uh, obviously, there's more TVs now. Uh, 7% increase over the previous year. The thing that you know we had talked about Taylor Swift and everything. See the women's ratings? No, eleven percent. You know, I don't look at the. I just wait for you to to go on about it. Eleven percent increase for women twelve to seventeen. Twenty four percent increase for women eighteen to twenty four. And the, <laughs> and the, why is that? And the total audience forty seven and a half percent of the whole audience was women this year. That's an all time high. If I'm the NFL, I let people complain all day about Taylor Swift as I cash my checks in the bank. I don't care at all. And by the way, for everybody freaking out, did you see how long she was actually on the TV? I don't care. Like, what's the problem? 54 seconds for all the people losing their mind over this. It's so distracting. Why are people losing their mind? Do do we we not want something that's more inclusive that more people are going to watch? Like, do people sit there and say, this is my NFL. I don't want any new people. Like, what's the point of that? They say that it distracts from their football. Out. I don't know. Look, when they showed, they didn't miss this. They did not miss a single play. When they showed it's Jerry not like Jones, they were panning to to the box during plays, so when, you don't missing anything. When they show Jerry Jones' mopey face in the owner's box, I love it. I don't care if they show other people in the stadium. I mean, the the Eagles fan screaming "What the f" or "What the hell" the, the, earlier in the season, like that captured how I felt at that moment. 
I, I enjoy seeing the atmosphere. I'm glad that they were celebrating and having fun. I just, I don't get it. I never will. Uh, that's the fun. The serious is they were celebrating the other day in Kansas City for the parade and there was a shooting. And I think it was 22 people were injured, lots of them children. Uh, a woman lost her life. Uh, she's a reporter there. Kids as young as eight. You saw the best of people in players and other people helping others, comforting Including them. Andy Reid, by the way. Yeah, comforting Let's not lose sight of Andy Reid uh, saw another Chiefs player was giving the WWE title belt that he had to another kid mm-hmm. to, Trace Smith. to, yep. to keep them calm. Um, but what a horrific situation. And, and I just refuse to normalize that. I, I refuse to say that this is what we have. It's unacceptable. Um, I'm not going to take a political stance on this show. That's not what we do. But I refuse to accept that people sh- cannot go to celebrate and be happy without worrying they will lose their life. I, I don't believe that that's an acceptable thing to have. I totally agree with you. This is not a, it's not a political issue. I'm sure that people think that merely saying something about it is a political issue. It's not. The fact that people think that they need to bring guns to a parade or a public gathering or whatever it is they want to do, it it shouldn't happen. There's no reason for it. And there's no reason for, there's no reason that this shouldn't have been just a celebratory event where people can feel safe. And the fact is people don't No. And uh, we'll leave it there. There's so much more that could be said on it. Uh, None of it on this show that will solve the problems that we have. But people need to speak up and figure out the areas where we can find some common ground so things change a little bit as opposed to just sticking with their camps of nothing can change. Uh, We'll leave that there. Let's talk. We got about eight minutes left on the show. Hard to make a transition from from that to anything fun again. Let's talk some basketball. Sixers head into the all-star break. Uh, I'll ask you about watching the all-star game in a little bit. They signed Kyle Lowry off the buyout market. He's ramping back. He's ramping back up and he'll be back, I believe, right after the all-star break. They go in the all-star break, 32 and 22 overall, 17 and 11 at home. But they haven't won a game at home since January 22nd when Embiid put up 70 points. They won't play their next home game until February 22nd. So they won't have the chance to win a game at home for one month. And they don't play that well on the road. No, they're 21. Even when Embiid was here, they didn't play that well on the road. No, I mean, they've got 11 losses on the road as well. Not that he was playing in some of those games on the road. but 15 and 11 on the road. Uh, The loss the other night against the Heat, it was an ugly loss. They had chances to win despite being down all the players. Hopefully they get some of these guys back after injury so they can put out what would be the real lineup. Buddy Heald's been fun to watch, though. I mean, he's been everything you could ask for, right, so far? Yeah, well, yes. He, 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 if Embiid were healthy, you would look at that trade, just that trade, and say, you know what? Maybe they have a chance, at least to get past the second round. But Embiid's not healthy, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. And then you sit there and say, what's it all worth? They keep talking like Embiid will be back. Like, I don't know if you saw the backup point guard they brought I in. I know they did. That's um, because he wants to talk that way. Well, but they're giving he, him plays to learn to run that Embiid runs. So, look, you and I have voiced our opinion last week with That's Heath great. About, I just don't see. Yeah, but I just don't see what the point is. I do not see what he has a, a history, an injury history that is second to none from the from literally from the moment that he was drafted. And, and you're going to tell a guy who's seven foot 
plus 300 pounds or around that ought to with a knee injury and a history of a knee injury to come back after surgery within a month yeah and look months, whatever it is it doesn't make any sense if you if you plan on having him here long term we'll see where they are even in the standings at that point i mean they come off the all-star break and it's murder or throw they got the knicks the Cavs, the bucks the celtics all in a row to come out of the break so we'll see what product they're putting out on the court uh, he'll definitely gives a little more spacing to Maxi. You know, it'll be fun when Embiid's out there, but uh, not having him out there before that, Maxi was kind of getting swallowed up. Somebody who has been fun to watch that you wonder if they end up trying to convert because they do have two open roster spots still. Ricky Council has come in the game and, and put out points. Now, I know that you don't care when young people come into the game and do things like this, but. They in do a have, losing effort, it's just, it's minutes. He's it's done it not, in winning efforts, too. He did it in the two wins uh, that they had previous to the game the other night. I'm just saying he has shown flashes of what you would hope for. And he's put up points. I mean, he had 13 points and four rebounds in the game the other night in the losing effort. So, look, we'll see. They got out-rebounded 44-39. They just couldn't get a rebound at the end of the game. If they could have gotten the rebound, they could have had a chance to tie. Yeah, who was in the game, Paul Reed or Mo Obama? Paul Reed. It was over Paul Reed. That's my point. Yeah. Uh, look, I, if you, if you look at the plus minus of Paul Reed, when he is in a game, I don't care how many points you think he's putting up. He's, he's, he's a liability when he's out there because he shouldn't be a center. I think if he was a four and they had a center out there, he's a liability on defense. Well, he just is. He just doesn't seem to know where to be. He's going to be a liability on, on defense. I mean, that's what he is. Uh, you going to watch the all-star game this weekend? Basketball all star game you watch, right? Like that's yeah. mm-hmm. not like the football all star game where you couldn't care less. Like basketball is actually a little bit fun, right? You like basketball, baseball, hockey. Those are the all star games I'll watch. I always like the Saturday night stuff. I, I like the three point shootout. Uh see they're gonna have man versus woman with Steph Curry shooting. Yeah, him. I think that's I think that's gonna be great for them. It's gonna be great for the NBA. I think it I mean, if you saw what Sabrina is it Sabrina Ionescu did last year. She can shoot. She I think she made twenty shots in a row. I love she was already and, talking like, trash she, with Steph too. I enjoyed that. Yeah. That was entertaining. I, I think I think that mit, that could end up being the highlight of the weekend. Yeah, it, it could be a lot of fun. It could and, be a lot of fun. I know some people don't really care, but I think the three-point contest is... I think the three-point contest is actually past the dunk contest because there's nothing you can do now. Mac it's now back. props. There's, yeah. there's no, you're, there, the dunk can only be done so many ways. This is true. And you get to a point and you go, yeah, they're still impressive, but it's numbing at this point. Just gonna the three-point competition is, to me, more impressive. Just going to point out, because you know I pay attention to the broadcast, there will be alternate broadcasts both Saturday and Sunday night, which I believe is the way of the world. Are uh, they going to have slime splashing out and little cartoon characters like the, the Super Bowl? Is no, it's just Barkley oh. and Draymond hosting on True TV and Max and Altcast on, during the All-Star game. And then on Saturday night, you've got Jason Tatum, Vince Carter, Carmelo Anthony, and Adam, Adam Lefko doing the Jordan brand of the Saturday night festivities, which like I said, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear Charles and anything. I don't want to hear a word from Draymond Green. I think eventually uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey will do an alternative cast on like Peacock or something. 
uh, that like they'll do the it's the are they? Cat. I think eventually that's what they'll end up. Oh, doing. not this. You're guessing. No, yeah, no. I just think that oh, okay. they're media savvy. Jason's had his meetings out there. The Manning cast mm-hmm. has been really successful. They're entertaining with good contacts. They have really good content already. Just seems like a perfect thing for them. Uh, under Jason, two- Jason better be relationship savvy because he just we talked about this earlier. I just I think he's teetering. <laughs> Got to give it up for his wife who uh, refused to wear anything Kansas City Chiefs. Did you see that? She wore. Yeah, she had her Cincinnati stuff. She on. wore red, but she wouldn't right. wear Chiefs. It was University of Cincinnati. Fan. I appreciate that. Minute and a half left. Uh, I got to ask you: You having fun watching the Flyers? I know they're probably going to make some trades. They named the captain. They San Couturier captain. Travis Connecting assistant. Uh, they, they got captains <laughs> now. So if they name Couturier a captain, does that mean he's not being traded? <laughs> I yeah, I didn't think he was being traded anyway. I think they're going to trade Lawton and, and Walker. Because the like trade that. deadline in the NHL has not passed yet, just no, in case you're wondering. March 8th. <laughs> I know the date of that now. Uh, after giving Chris Terrian a heart attack a few weeks ago. It, it just surprises me because he seemed to be one of the guys that you would look to trade. One of the older players on the team, right? You would think if you were looking to do that, but if you're looking for somebody who seems like a leader on the team now, he's somebody you'd want to build around. He's not that old yet. Well, look, the Flyers are fun to watch. It looks like they actually could make a playoff push. I think they're what fifth right now in in the in, in the, the conference. East. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they Ersing? look like they've you know once Carter Hart left, they seem to have struggled, and now they seem to have found their their benchmark again. It seems like now they're like, okay, we got Urson. Urson seems to be getting a lot of time. The question is whether the backup goalies are going to be able to hold up. Yeah, and look, we'll see what they do after the trade line. Any final thoughts there? No. Say something interesting. I got, no, I got nothing. That's a good, interesting nothing. thing to end with. Thanks so yeah. much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye.